the Memorare. Remember, O most gracious Virgin Mary, that never was it known that anyone who fled to your protection, implored your help, or sought your intercession was left unaided. Inspired by this confidence, I fly to you, O Virgin of Virgins, my mother. To you I come, before you I stand, sinful and sorrowful. O Mother of the Word incarnate, despise not my petitions, but in your mercy, hear and answer me. Amen. All across the Gulf South, it's 7 a.m. Time to wake up on Catholic Community Media. Good morning. You're listening to Wake Up on this beautiful Thursday morning. We're so glad to have you joining us today. You are tuning your heart to the truth on Wake Up. I'm Gabby Smith, along with Alicia Quibido and Damian Collado. Hey, guys. Good, good morning. morning. I don't know if you noticed, but I think it's back to winter today. It is. It's getting there. It's getting there. Spring is on the way. Okay. Okay. Good night. It was a little loud last night, but we'll find out oh, about yeah. our weather a little bit later. That rain just won't stop oh, sometimes. Man. No kidding. No kidding. It's all my my backyard's saturated. But <laughs> anyway, let's pray. In the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Spirit. Keep your family safe, O Lord, with unfailing care, that relying solely on the hope of heavenly grace they may be they may be defended always by your protection through our Lord Jesus Christ, your son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, God, forever and ever. Amen. In the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Spirit, St. Jerome Emiliano, Emiliani, pray for us. Pray for us. We have a great show for you today, starting off with some events in our listening area. We will give you details about that's coming up in eight minutes. In 18 minutes, Leah Darrow joins us, and today she's talking about her new video series called The Cultivation of Purpose with Leah Darrow, Faith, Farming, and Vocation. So I have a few friends who have left the city life and started the country farm life, literally goats, cows, chickens, you really? name it. So yes, so and it has transformed yeah. their lives. So I'm mm. excited to talk to Leah today about okay. uh, that. And sometimes you just have to get your hands dirty. Sometimes yeah. maybe mm-hmm. putting your hands in soil, putting planting something, uh, being one with the earth and, 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 and seeing God in nature. So we're going to talk to Leah today about that. 35 minutes, David Dawson Jr. joins us. He's the director of the Office of Parish Support for the Diocese of Homa Thibodeau. And today we're talking about strategies for family prayer. So always looking forward to that topic. And in 48 minutes, Jen Norton joins us to talk about her book called A Rise to Blessedness, a journal retreat with eight modern saints who lived the Beatitudes. So we heard about the Beatitudes in Sunday's readings not too long ago. Looking forward to speaking to Jen today about her wonderful book. But yeah, Damien, I really don't know what the we- what the weather's doing, <laughs> hey, uh, but what do you have for us? <laughs> I, I'm not sure anybody does, but it is a dry out day. That's what I'm going to call That's it. That's exciting. That's right. Today we get to dry out and it should be nice with a high in the upper 60s, may even hit 70. Lows are going to be in the 50s overnight and we should see plenty of sunshine today starting no later than mid-morning for some of you, earlier than that for most. Uh, light winds tomorrow, cloudy with partly cloudy skies slight chance of rain with a 20 percent in the forecast and a cool front as it moves through the area we'll have a greater chance of rain on saturday whoop-de-doo but guess what mm-hmm. super bowl sunday 
It looks like a winter. We're going to have sunny skies, temperatures in and around the area. Right now, 60 degrees already in New Orleans. Elsewhere, it's home in Thibodeau, it's 58. On the North Shore, 57. Over in Gulfport, it's 64. And in Baton Rouge, the cool spot, 52 degrees. You guys got your Super Bowl plans already made? Yes. Uh, we're Mardi Gras this party. weekend. So. Oh, yeah? You're gonna do, you could do both. Yeah, okay, so you're not even going to be watching. So I'm not even going to ask you <laughs> who you're pulling for. We're having a party at our house. I, I, I so bet you I'm Kansas excited. City is at the at the uh, Smith household. Yeah, we're mm-hmm. Mahomes fans. We love uh, Patrick uh, Mahomes and Travis Kelsey, so we're going to be rooting for the Chiefs Kingdom this weekend. All right, well, good. Well, I know everybody's got their favorites. It ought to be uh, an interesting game. One I probably won't watch. But in the meantime, (laughs) we've got plenty for you on the event calendar coming your way in just a moment on Wake Up. Good Thursday morning. I'm Father Chris Decker, and this is the Gospel According to Mark, Chapter 7. Jesus went to the district of Tyre and entered a house and wanted no one to know about it but he could not escape notice. Soon a woman whose daughter had an unclean spirit heard about him. She came and fell at his feet. The woman was a Greek, a Syrophoenician by birth, and she begged him to drive the demon out of her daughter. He said to her, Let the children be fed first, for it is not right to take the food of the children and throw it to the dogs. She replied and said to him, Lord, even the dogs under the table eat the children's scraps. And he said to her, For saying this you may go. The demon has gone out of your daughter. When the woman went home, she found the child lying in bed and the demon gone. We've heard the gospel, and now we reflect. Mark, who's writing for a Gentile audience, identifies the remarkable woman in this gospel as a Syrophoenician. Matthew, who's writing for a Jewish audience, identifies her as a Canaanite. Although she's a Gentile, she comes to Jesus in faith and asks him to drive out a demon from her daughter. Matthew gives us her exact words, Kyrie eleison, Lord have mercy, a prayer in Greek or English that is now incorporated into the Mass. It is interesting that Jesus brings up the subject of food after his confrontation with the Pharisees because his disciples were eating with unwashed hands. The Jewish ceremonial laws place a strict barrier between Jews and Gentiles. Jews were forbidden to share a meal with Gentiles. And so the mention of bread here, translated as food, links this incident with the multiplication of loaves and the marvelous table fellowship of the post-resurrection church, where Jews and Gentiles, united as brothers and sisters in the Lord, would partake of the heavenly bread of the blessed Eucharist. However, this woman is not yet in God's covenantal family. So to test her faith and humility, Jesus responded, Let the children be fed first, for it is not right to throw the food of the children to dogs. Suppose this was your little girl. How would you have responded? Amazingly, she admitted that she and her daughter were not in God's covenantal family. Lord, even the dogs under the table eat the children's scraps. You see, she would be glad to be treated as a house pet in the palace of the king of kings. And as a sign of his loving pledge, St. Matthew recorded Jesus' praise, O woman, great is your faith. 
be it done for you as you desire. By identifying her as woman and paraphrasing his mother's response to the angel Gabriel, Jesus connected this pagan woman and her faith with his own mother. High praise indeed. And her daughter was cured instantly. Have a wonderful day. This is Jimmy Sagers. Thank you, Jimmy Sagers, Father Chris Decker, and welcome back to Wake Up Everyone, 11 after the hour on a beautiful Thursday morning. So glad you could join us. You know, there are a number of events. You've been hearing us talk about the uh, what is known as the Men of the Immaculata Conference here on Catholic Community Radio. It's taking place in Baton Rouge. And it will be February 25th, kind of giving you almost uh, one of these last-minute reminders because tickets are almost sold out. So you might want to go to the website today to to, to lock in your seats. Uh, It's going to be called Prepare to Encounter the Lord. It's at St. George Catholic Church in Baton Rouge, as I said, Saturday, February 25th. It's an all-day event, number of guest speakers. Uh, go to the website to find those. Chef John Foles will be preparing lunch. There's snacks. Father Jeff Bahi of the Diocese of Baton Rouge will also be speaking. And what's really cool is you're going to have Mass celebrated by Bishop Michael Duca. You don't always get to go to Mass That's right. with Bishop Duca. That's right. Hey, and I think that, he's also leading a um, Eucharistic procession. Yeah. Uh, That's really yes, cool. yeah. yeah. So it it's going to be a great conference. Mm-hmm. You want to get your tickets. $75 for adults, 45 for students. Students being between the ages of 13 and 24. Again, it's for men. Uh, tickets include admission, as I said, lunch, the conference swag bag, which will get you your money back with all the items they throw in there. And if you don't want to attend in person, you can do it virtually for $25. Where do you find out all more information? Hey, here you go. It's at menoftheimmaculata.com. Nice. That's great. Well, here's what... Here's a married couple's retreat on my 28th wedding anniversary. Well, I don't know where you'll be. I don't know. Maybe so. Married couple's retreat, March 11th and 12th. Uh, Would you like to break away and spend quality time enriching your marriage? Then we have the the event for you. You can join Catholic couples for a a cup. A couple's retreat at beautiful St. Joseph's Abbey Retreat Center in Covington, Louisiana. Again, that's March 11th and 12th. For more information and to register, you can visit faithandmarriage.org. Faithandmarriage.org. Great. Well, at Sacred Heart in Baton Rouge on Saturday, February 11th from 9 to 3.30, 9 a.m. to 3.30 p.m., you can go to the Called and Gifted Charism Discernment Workshop where you will, you will discover God's call for your life, what God is calling you in as a unique purpose, uh, a work of love that only you can do. You can discern your charisms or spiritual gifts and begin to discern God's call. Come and discover these charisms in you. You will learn about the five steps of discerning the charisms that God has given you. You will also learn the signs and characteristics of 24 of the most common char- charisms of the Holy Spirit, how discerning your charism has changed your life, how discerning your charism has changed the world and helped spread the gospel, and how discerning and using your charism together can help transform and renew our parish. So again, that's Saturday, February 11th at Sacred Heart in Baton Rouge from 9 a.m. to 3.30 p.m. And you know, oh, what's that? Yeah, okay, Donovan, yeah, I'll tell her to book it. Okay, all right. 
That was your husband. Uh, he calls in the middle of the show sometimes. He ought to know better. Uh, Advent and C is coming up. Advent and C is coming up. And so that's another great thing to book because the deadline is approaching to get in on that low fare. So check that out at ccmedia.live. Father Chris Decker is leading Advent at C. It's December 7th through 11th. It's a four-night Western Caribbean cruise. Uh, it leaves from New Orleans, and there's one stop in Cozumel, Mexico. Father Chris will celebrate Mass daily. He will be available for confession, a little spiritual do- spiritual direction as you mm-hmm. cruise along. It'll be fun. Check it out. ccmedia.live Yeah. Get your get your cabin while you can. That's right. That's right. All right. Don't go too far. We have a lot more coming your way here on Wake Up, including Leah Darrow. Or Darrow. How do you say it? Darrow? Yeah. Leah Darrow. Darrow. Yeah. Yes, Darrow. Leah Darrow. Okay. She's coming up uh, talking about her new book and some vocations here on Wake Up. This is Franciscan Media's Saint of the Day for February 9th. Today we celebrate Saint Jerome Emiliani. There's nothing like personal suffering to help us appreciate the hardships of others. It took defeat in battle and imprisonment in a dungeon to help today's saint step back, review his life, and make the transition from worldly soldier to model of sanctity and service. Following his release from prison, Jerome focused on the care and education of his nephews, while simultaneously pursuing seminary studies himself. Following his ordination in 1518, he reached out to the growing number of orphans as famine and plague raged through northern Italy. After recovering from the plague himself, he founded many orphanages. He also established hospitals and a house for repentant prostitutes, one of the first of its kind. Jerome went on to found a small congregation of priests dedicated to the care of orphans. He also instructed his young charges in the faith, but it was the suffering of children that most touched his heart. In 1928, Pope Pius XI named him the patron of orphans and abandoned children. Jerome Emiliani died in 1537 from an infectious disease he contracted while caring for the sick. He was canonized just over 100 years later. There's more about the saints along with inspiration and Catholic resources at our website, saintoftheday.org. From Franciscan Media, this has been Saint of the Day. It is 19 past the hour. You're tuning your heart to the truth this morning on Wake Up. Thanks so much for joining us today. I'm Gabby Smith, along with Alicia Quibido and Damian Collado. Our first guest today is Leah Darrow. Leah is a Catholic mom, speaker, author, and former America's Next Top Model contestant, which I used to watch religiously in middle school. So Leah, thank you so much for joining us today. I'm so glad that Joe is not on anymore. But today we're talking about something quite different. Something about cultivating faith, farming, and vocation. Good morning. Good morning. It's so good to have you with us today. And I actually heard you speak at a Steubenville conference when I went to high school, or when I was in high school. It was my senior year, and that's the first time I've ever heard you speak. And it was just quite motivating on how to be a powerful woman, a woman of God. And uh, that's one. Um, talk I'll never forget. So it's so good to have you join us on our morning show today to talk about the cultivation of purpose with Leah Darrow, Faith, Farming, and Vocation. This is a new video series. Tell us about it. 
Yeah, so I teamed up with Max Studios, and we decided to put something together that we don't normally see right now in a lot of video, which is really just documenting real life. And me and Ricky, my husband, we were living in the city. We have six kids, and uh, about a couple years ago, we just really felt that God was calling us to ask some deeper questions about how we were living and to really ask questions of, is this really where God's calling me and how I'm supposed to be living my life? And so in that time, um, God was really calling us to kind of like leave the city and find something a little bit more peace and space. So we moved to this farm. And so this series documents that journey and it documents our time on the farm and what God has really done here. Moving from city life to farm life, country life, is uh, quite shocking, honestly. There's a lot of new skills that you have to learn. How was that transition and also teaching your children and also yourself these new basic um, ways of living as well? Yeah, there's a lot of adjustment, and we had a lot of skills to learn that we did not know Mm -hmm. before, but... um, you know, anytime you ask the question of how, like, how can I do this? Or how, mm-hmm. how will this happen? How is never a me question. It's always a we question. It's always you and someone else. Uh, because there's someone else who's done it before. There's, they, and they mm-hmm. probably have a YouTube video on it. So <laughs> a lot of the questions we have are like, how do, I, how do I raise pigs? How do I raise chickens? How do I raise cattle? Well, we just went and talked to local farmers, and we went on YouTube, and we just began to learn and research these skills that we needed. And then we just, you know, jumped, you know, we, we, we took a step out of the boat and we just tried it. Mm-hmm. Leah, I was talking to uh, my co-host before the show. I have a couple of friends who have done just that. They have left the city. They have moved to Idaho and parts of Utah and have started in Tennessee and have started um, their own little family farm, chickens, cows, goats, Um, cultivation of their own uh, and harvesting of their own fruits and vegetables, it has completely transformed their lives. It has. It's, I think that we, we don't spend enough time really taking an account of how comfortable we are. Mm -hmm. And, you know, comfort is not a place where we grow. It's a place where we stop and we have respite and we, we take the break that we need, and God knows we do need that. But we also, God calls us to grow. And you don't grow in a place of ultimate comfort. And it's not that your life has to be so hard, but we have to be able to remember that we're always relying on God. And while farming and maybe and homesteading might not be the choice for everybody, we all have a choice of asking ourselves those questions of, is, is how I'm living my life exactly what God wants? And if not, what can I do to live a life that would generate more holiness? Mm-hmm. Leah, how can we get to that point? You know, for those of us who are feeling kind of stuck, maybe we're in our 20s, 30s, maybe we're in our 40s, you know, and we're trying to figure out what is God calling me to do in our lives today with the world being as chaotic as it is right now? What can we start doing to maybe get on that path? Yeah, I mean, I think that if you're able to sit with yourself and ask yourself the questions of how can I be better, Mm -hmm. that's a hard question for most people to ask themselves. But if you sat with that question for a while of how could I be better, but right now I'm not, and maybe you're not because of a lot of different reasons, but if you ask yourself those questions of like, I know I can be better, 
how could I be better? I bet if you sat with that question long enough, you would come up with some answers. And maybe it has something to do with your routine or your day or how you're spending your time and who you're spending your time with or how you're spending your money. And it just starts with these small things. It starts with just asking hard questions to yourself and in the hope and in the spirit that God is there. God loves us, and God will lead us exactly where we need to be. And it can be too tempting to start thinking in a very meta way of like, oh, the world's chaotic, and oh my gosh, all these things going on. I mean, that's true, Mm -hmm. but you can't control that. So what you can control is yourself and what goes on in your life. So start there. Absolutely. So The Cultivation of Purpose with Leah Darrow Faith, Farming, and Vocation. This is produced by USD Houston's Max Studios, and we have episode one. So tell us a little bit about how we can uh, catch up on episode one or follow these YouTube series. Do they come out weekly? What's kind of the schedule? Yes, they are out. You can actually watch all. Um, it's a three-part series, and you can, all, you can watch all three parts right now. They're really mm-hmm. nice, and they're also... Like they're beautifully compact, so they're only about you know nine to ten minutes each, and so we wanted to make something very you know digestible for everybody, but also to get into our life. So you can find that all on YouTube under Max Studios. I also on my social media have a little link for it as well, um, and you can go ahead and watch the series. It's obviously extremely family friendly. You can watch it with your mm-hmm. family, watch it with your friends, and it's just it's meant to be extremely uplifting and motivating for all of us to begin to cultivate a little bit more of what God wants in our life. Talk about, you know, one of the things that I love doing is working with my various plants around the house or working out in the flower beds or the garden. I really love doing that. Um, I never thought I would be that type of person, but it really keeps me calm and and focused on the task at hand and everything else kind of disappears. I love doing it. Talk about kind of working with the earth, putting our hands in the soil and getting that work done uh, and then seeing the fruits of our labor blossom, literally. Yeah, I mean, it's, you can't help but make a connection to the spiritual life when you're out in nature. Mm -hmm. And you definitely can't help but make a connection to God and, and us being his creation when you're putting seeds in the ground and you're, you're nurturing them and you're waiting for them to grow and then they produce actual fruit and that fruit is something that you, you consume. Um, it connects you, obviously, to God. It also connects you more to like the day-to-day, like sustaining yourself. And again, we've, we've gotten so far away from how we get this food on our table Mm-hmm. and how we buy it in the stores and where it's coming from. And I'm sure everybody knows that the food that you get yeah. in the stores is not always the best for you. And a lot of it has mm-hmm. a, lot of, um, a lot of things on it that you wouldn't want in your body that are causing a lot of harm. And so just getting back to the earth is something that Ricky and I have found with our own kids. Like when we sit down to meal, it's amazing to know that the chicken that we're eating is the one that we raised and we butchered ourselves. And the wow. vegetables we have on our plate are the ones that we, we planted those little seeds ourselves in our hands. And the milk that we have, it comes from the cow, actually, the, the dairy farm, just from our farmer next door to us who delivers our milk. And you get so much more connected to the earth and to nature and to God and also pro- and, and relying on God to provide for you. And it's just, it's been a beautiful experience. Leah, what has been your favorite part? You're working with your family. You're seeing the fruits of your labor. What has been your favorite part in making this video series? 
Oh, my favorite part actually was, um, and I did not know this happened. I did not know it was recorded. I wasn't there for, for this part, but they, Mac Studios ended up recording a couple interviews with Agnes, who's our oldest, and she's nine. And listening to my little girl talk about the farm and talk about how she enjoys it and, and why she enjoys it and what her plans are mm. really, really moved me. And I just, I knew that this was a good move for our kids. It was very mm. clear to see, like, that they were thriving in this environment more than they ever had, you know, in the city. But to hear my daughter say that, to hear her say it in, in her own words was something that, I mean, that, that's a gift that Max Studios gave me that I'll, I'll never be able to repay. I love it. Leah Darrow joins us. We're talking about the cultivation of purpose with Leah Darrow. It's a new video series, Faith, Farming, and Vocation. Leah, where can we go to catch up on the video series? Absolutely. You can find the entire video series on YouTube if you search for Max Studios. They have everything right there for you. You can always find me on social media as well, and I have a link in my bio to look at the series too. Thank you so much, Leah, for joining us today. We appreciate it. Uh, I just absolutely loved it. Thank you. <laughs> absolutely. I love looking at stuff like this. It gives me a new perspective. And of course, I learned something new from my friend farmers who are out there with their chicken coops that look super cute. Uh, but yeah, no, it's a different way of life, you guys. And honestly, I think it is more one with God, one with the earth. It's different. Um, I know it's not for everyone, but definitely check out Leah's videos because you will be inspired. Whether you live in the city or you're on a farm, you're in the suburbs, wherever, definitely check these out. Yeah. Okay. I yeah. mean, I married a farmer's daughter. There so you go. I've been Did doing you? that for 39 years now. My mother-in-law has moved to her own little farm, and you guys, she is loving it, loves it. So David Dustin Jr. joins us right after the break. It is half past the hour on Wake Up. Thanks for tuning your heart to the truth here on Catholic Community Radio. So glad you could join us this morning. With us now, David Dawson, Jr., Director of the Office of Parish Support for the Diocese of Home at Thibodeau. And he's here to talk this morning about strategies for family prayer. So, David, get started Sorry. with some strategies. Yeah. What do you have up your sleeve, yeah, Coach? <laughs> Yeah, well, I think uh, it's not hard to see the value of family prayer, uh, praying together as a family. Uh, talk about a couple things as to why that's important, but I think one of the one of the, the it's it's easy to, to also to break into it. I think one of the, a lot of times we assume the hard part is getting started, mm-hmm. um, and that's the case certainly with most of our prayer routines and that kind of thing with personal prayer, praying with our spouses. That really is the hardest part is just getting there and starting. Well, with family prayer, it's it's a little bit more natural. It's kind of it's easy to break it uh, to make a routine when you got more people kind of holding each other accountable. You got the little ones being like, "Are we going to pray?" You know, and <laughs> they want to do something before they have to go to bed, so they're willing to do whatever. Um, <laughs> so it's actually a little bit easier to start family prayer. But I think what's hard is for it to feel like we're actually doing anything fruitful. Uh, to to move beyond just like we're all just going through the motions here, you know, and, and it becoming honestly sort of like a a drag and maybe even being a negative experience of, of prayer. Um, so I think some of the strategies we have found to be super helpful, one, one of the main ones is uh, to be, as a parent, to give yourself permission to mix it up, right? To, to, to don't feel like just because this is the way we've been doing it, 
that we got to continue doing it this way because it's tradition or it's how we've always done it or, you know, who am I to mix things up? As a parent, it's it's really up to us to, like, to keep it not not just fresh, but, like, to keep it mystery, mysterious, right? Like, prayer is meant to be like a diving into a mystery. And if I'm entering in and it's just wooden and two-dimensional, it's my job as a parent is to shake it up. You know, like, there's lots of different options when it comes to prayer. And we found that uh, one of the best options is to add some spontaneous prayer in, in the mix. And uh, the easiest way with the kids is to do, look, what do you, you know, do like an exam of the day. What do you, you, tell Jesus what you're grateful for today. You know, ask him, tell him what you're sorry for, and then ask him what you want his help with. Uh, so it's not just kind of like a journal entry. I'm actually talking to God. Um, and so we found that as they go through, like that's been something they have quickly grown uh, very good at. At first, it's kind of hard for them to think throughout the day, and the little ones are saying the same things over and over again. Um, but after a while, it becomes like they, they really get to where they can have some good insights into mm-hmm. into their day and, and, and offer that to the Lord in a way that's very simple but sincere. Uh, and that's been a huge plus. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And you probably, to get started, explain why you're praying. Uh, so there's a purpose to it. Yeah, yeah. And like, I mean, the biggest thing, honestly, and, and this goes from the littles up to the, to the teenagers, um, and this is something we learned along the way, and, and some of the experts in the field <laughs> have mm-hmm. said that really, truth be told, this is how kids learn how to pray. Because they're sitting around, and as much as we talk, you know, and I mean, especially with, with us dads, they know that, like, our talk is, is just, we're just kind of, you know, philosophizing out loud, and they know how much to take, and not a whole lot of that that goes into the ears and sticks. But they're watching what we do, mm-hmm. and we're sitting there talking to somebody that you can't see. What is that about? You know, yeah. how does that work? Are you are you serious or are you just kind of doing this because you feel like you're supposed to? It, and everybody really, we all can look at each other and know exactly, really, truth be told, why we're doing this. Are we doing this because we feel like we should, or are we actually talking to somebody? Because we can't see him. So how does that work? And that's our biggest question when it comes to prayer. Is like, okay, you can't see this guy. So what does it mean to actually be in communication? And so the kids, very at a very foundational level, are watching and learning to understand what does it mean to be in relationship with a God that I can't see, right? Because right. Uh, they're going to ask those questions, and it's hard to answer that, but like, like it's pressure on me to, to, to kind of start working on that. I don't have to be perfect at it, but I do have to be trying. I do have to be sincere. So if it's wooden and if we're just going through the motions, then what that teaches them is God's not really real. This is just something we're supposed to do so that we're checking boxes, you know, as good right. Christians or good Catholics, right? And it doesn't have to be long and drawn out. It get, it could be short no. and sweet and to the point. And at the same time, um, what should be included in family prayer? Yeah. What do y'all do? Well, because it, you've got a what yeah. is the age range again? Tell our listeners from the youngest to the oldest. Yeah. Sure. So we've got nine kids. Uh, the <laughs> oldest is fourteen. The youngest is about seven months. Okay. Uh, so we've got basically every age in between. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and so. One of the things I think what we found helpful, and again, this is this, it's a you got plenty of lots of different rides, lots of different options here. What we found helpful is to have some rope prayers. So they know to take advantage of the tradition of the church. If there is some sort of liturgical season, we'll work that in. Uh, but our typical prayers are the rope prayers. We've got that kind of daily examined prayer where we're offering those things to the Lord, and then we'll do a song at the end. And the song is one of the things that really draws the little ones in, but it also. Again, it kind of takes advantage of, of some of the beauty of, of that, that, that song is not just something that we do to have fun, but there's, there's, that's a way to pray. Um, and it also it, it follows the liturgical season. We've also done a decade of the rosary. Um, I know a lot of families will pray a whole rosary together, which I think is awesome. And uh, that's personality-wise and just energy-wise and that kind of thing with the littles. 
a whole rosary, something we do every now and then, but it's tough. It's mm-hmm. really tough, and I feel yeah. like we'd be doing a lot more uh, physical abuse during that time than the actual prayer <laughs> if we were going to get through a whole rosary. Well, it creates but, what uh, I call the yeah. prayer time crazies thing. You know, the younger ones, yeah. the attention span starts to wane, That's right. and uh, then you got to deal yeah. with that. And so, how does yeah. how do you discipline um, as far as that goes? Do you pray yeah. first and discipline later after everyone breaks up? Good or? question. Yeah. No. So we. So we. If we have to stop, if we have to, to take care of something with the littles. One of the things that, that I think has been super helpful is that our exterior expectations are high. We want to sit still. We want to be quiet. When we focus, this is important. Our interior expectations are very low because we don't expect these kids to be able to do this well. But our exterior expectations are very high. So that way, we're not disappointed if it goes. You know, it's a it's a train wreck. But. We're also doing our best to show, like, this is important. We're going to treat this as important. So if one of the littles is having trouble, one of us will take her out, just like we do at Mass, right? Or if you got to go to bed early, you got to go to bed early. Mm-hmm. You know, one of the worst things that happens is, like, you know, you don't get to pray with us, right? Because you couldn't handle sitting, you know, just kind of hanging out. You know, and the, I mean, our two-year-old is going to walk around and poke everybody, and they know, mm-hmm. and they're all mm-hmm. right with that, you yeah. know, uh, that kind of thing. Uh, but, so but it, it's, as long as it's not distracting. That's where patience comes in, and it's a virtue, because even when the little one is poking, that, in a way, is a form of prayer. Well, it's, it's, I think it's a recognition that what is she actually capable of? And there's a, I think that's that right. not just that we can model and help the rest of the kids, under, and they, they pick it up quick. You know, is she sure. capable of this? Because, and that's the biggest thing is like really understand. Like, are our kids capable? Because they're usually capable more than you think, right? To be able to give them and keep the expectations high, see if they can meet them, and really, you, after a time, you begin to learn what they can and can't do. And I think you know what you'll find is they surprise you, and this goes for the littles as well as the teenagers. They surprise you if you're willing to kind of hold fast and be like, no, we're going to do this, and it's going to be great. And it's going to, I mean, it may be a battle, and it may be some days more of a battle than others, but it's worth, it really is worth it. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. As long as, you know, like I said, I'm not, I'm not completely losing my cool every night. Um, and if I am, we need to make adjustments. But it's, it's, uh, it's, it's worth the fight. And, and the kids are going to start, they, they start seeing that, right? And they start seeing that it's worth it. And it's not always going to be perfect, but it's, it's, I think we see that there's, it's always an up, upward trend, right? <laughs> That's the key. Right. Last question, should it be daily, uh, two or three times a week? Uh, how habitual yeah. can it become and how soon can yeah. it become a daily? I think, yeah, I think, honestly, that, that part, the daily for sure, uh, and, and that part really is, if it's a daily routine, and especially I would suggest something before everybody starts moving towards bedtime, uh, that it actually becomes very easy because it's an expectation. We all know it's coming, and it's a way to start winding down towards bedtime. That's what I find, not just with our family, but families in general, um, making it the routine in the evening every day, is actually probably the easiest part. Uh, and if you've got older kids and, and they're all over the place, they can't make it, this is the time we're doing prayer. And if you're here, great. If you're not, you know, you're not. But, like, we're going to keep this. This is going to be our time. And it's amazing what, what stability that brings and allows us to see from a very early age, even to into our teens, that, like, this really is that important because it's part of our everyday thing. We're going to focus this time. We're going to be together and do this. Yes. If, if Where can they go? Do you have something for prayer on your website? And if so, what's the website? So I would suggest the, the, the Diocese of Home of Thibodeau particularly doesn't doesn't go into it, but one of the uh, the ministries that, that we're working through that diocese, a number of other dioceses, is Domestic Church, uh, and that's, a, that's a, a movement out of Poland that really focuses on holiness within the family. So domesticchurchfamilies.com has some great uh, resources on that. 
Uh, but there's plenty of resources. Family okay. prayer is one of those things that I think you got a lot of variety there. There's tons, tons of, of resources for that. Excellent. David Dawson, Jr., thank you so much for being with us. He is the Director of thank Office of Parish Support in the Diocese of Home and Thibodeau. Always glad to have him. Stick around. Wake Up's coming back. It's 12 minutes before the hour. You are tuning your heart to the truth on Catholic Community Radio. We're so glad you're listening to Wake Up. We're joined this morning by Jen Norton. She is an award-winning painter and the author and illustrator of Surrender All, an all-illuminated uh, journey retreat through the Stations of the Cross in 2020. Well, we're visiting with Jen this morning to talk about her newest book called Arise to Blessedness, a journal retreat with eight modern saints who lived the Beatitudes. Good morning, Jen. Good morning. Thanks for having me. Oh, it's wonderful to have you. And I'm just going to start off by telling you I'm a super fan already. Oh, thank you. This is so beautiful. And what a gift. You are such a talented artist. Um, And then to to combine your art with these beautiful reflections and prayers that you have written, uh, it's just such a treasure. Um, that it, I just wanted to jump in and just tell us right from the, from the start, like what encouraged you to write this book, uh, not only uh, a reflection on the Beatitudes, but that you chose some saints uh, that reflect those Beatitudes. Yeah, you know, whenever I paint or now I've, I've gotten more into writing, I find I go deeper into my faith. And so it's mm-hmm. kind of a joy to go, hmm, what, what holds, you know, what's in this for me? And and right away, I realized when I really started thinking about the Beatitudes in relation to my life, um, I, I realized how scary they can be to really live. You know, they're great <laughs> ideas, but do we really want to live them? You know, and that's where the saints come in, because the saints are people who have lived the Beatitudes and have walked with Christ through their life, um, and sometimes to their detriment, but still never yes. lost faith. You know, and, and what is that that drives them? And, and that's what, what I'm looking for. And so as I was kind of researching the saints, I tried to, I picked everyone that's in more in our modern era. They're all within the last 200 years mm-hmm. and representing people from around the world because saints can be anywhere. Yes. And I just found great strength as I learned about each of their stories and went, oh, yeah, I could do that better. Oh, yeah, that's, <laughs> I have a way to go there, you know. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. It's so wonderful. You you compare uh, living w- what Jesus taught in the Sermon on the Mountain, so living those Beatitudes as climbing a mountain. Tell our listeners about that. Yeah, well, that just really comes right from um, the Gospel of Matthew. As I was reading the Sermon on the Mount at the very beginning, it says um, Jesus went up to the mountain, and then, and I'm paraphrasing here because it's mm-hmm. early in the morning, and then <laughs> his disciples came up to him, and then he began to teach. And, and I, it wasn't, um, maybe it was right after the sermon. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm not remembering clearly, but okay. he, he, he spoke to the crowds, but he waited for the disciples to come to him to teach them more. And it wasn't everybody. He didn't reveal everything to everybody all at once, right? He made, he waited to see who was going to come to him. And I think that's really important for us to know is that we, we can get a lot just given to us, a lot of grace, a lot of knowledge, but we have to be purposefully try to walk towards Jesus and try to walk up whatever that mountain is in our life before more and more and more starts to be revealed. Right. So I use that mountain metaphor. I start off in the book with 
just um, the story of, of us, my husband and I, um, climbing a mountain in Ireland, and then mm-hmm. um, throughout all the artwork, the mountain appears in different forms in each piece um, in relation to that beatitude. So it's just the work that we have to do, and that we, the higher we climb, the more baggage we put down because it gets heavy, mm-hmm. and, and you know, the lighter we get as we get up there, and the more joy, the more you know, different perspective of a view we get as we get closer. So there's just so many things about a mountain that are really um, important in our spiritual so, lives. Yes, it's so beautiful. And now talk about, so this is, it's a journal retreat. Uh, you can do alone or you could do with a group uh, with these eight modern saints and, and the eight Beatitudes. Uh, so it, there's so many beautiful uh, pieces of art, but there's so much, there's so, there's so much depth to them. Uh, there's scripture passages and journaling prompts. There's so much, but it's not anything that's going to take a great amount of time or time commitment for folks. Right. No, it's definitely something that you can break down into the smallest bites that you need. And it could, <laughs> you could read it over a course of a year. You can read it all in a week. And I just like to give people a lot of different ways to approach, um, their own life and Jesus in their own life. So, like you said, you have the art and you have um, gospel re- reflections, um, passages, and you have painted verses, and mm-hmm. then my reflections, um, learning about the saints and the saint art, and then the prayers, and and um, and I tied each of the prayers at the end of the chapters to phrases within the Our Father, and they they tended to match mm-hmm. up really well with. Um, the Beatitudes. So it's just a lot of different avenues in, and you can sit and only look at the art, and you can do some journal prompts one day, and then not do them the next day, and it's really, uh, I'm not going to come test you, so. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, and, you know, uh, I uh, I just picked um, Blessed Are the Meek because uh, Maximilian Kolbe is one of our patron saints of Catholic Radio, and, uh, and you uh-huh. know, when I was waiting in carpool uh, yesterday, I was able to uh, to take that, really dive into Maximilian Kolbe and to that beatitude, uh, and just beautiful looking uh, with your prompts and reflections, and I really enjoyed that opportunity. So uh, let our listeners know, Jen, where they can find a copy of your newest book, uh, A Rise to Blessedness, A Journal Retreat with Eight Modern Saints Who Lived the Beatitudes. Sure. Well, it's available at AveMariaPress.com, the publisher. It's obviously on Amazon because everything is. Right. <laughs> um, if you have a, your favorite <laughs> favorite local um, Catholic bookstore and ask them to order it if they haven't already, you can get it through them. And eventually I will uh, will put it on my own website, jennortonartstudio.com. It's not quite there yet. I'm getting there. Okay. Um, but the other places are probably the easiest place to get them at this point. Okay, wonderful. Yes, and don't forget your local Catholic bookstore, as Jen mentioned. Jen Norton, such a pleasure to visit with you this morning. I uh, love your, your newest book and uh, look forward to, to diving into it a little bit more. Thanks for joining us on Wake Up. Thank you so much. Thank you. Wow. It's amazing. The illustrations are so beautiful. Mm -hmm. Uh, Mm -hmm. The image of the mountain that she talks about. And she has you actually go back, you know, go back to page 30 and look at this illustration and see how it speaks to you. So it's just a really, really cool book. So check that out, AveMariaPress.com. I like the abstractness. So it does make you Mm -hmm. focus on the artwork. Yes. As part of your prayer. Yep. And it's a great book also for, for the year Lenten journey. You're right. Yeah. You know? You're right. So uh, very Wonderful. nice. Yes. Well, speaking of prayer, we always wrap up our show with a prayer. That's and right. today we're going to wrap up with the prayer of the gift of life in the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. 
Lord, teach me not to hold on to life too tightly. Teach me to take it as a gift, to enjoy it, to cherish it while I have it, but to let go gracefully and thankfully when the time comes. The gift is great, but the giver is greater still. You are the giver, and in you is a life that never ends. Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. 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 You guys, any information from today's show, guest-wise, can be found in the comment section for today's Facebook Live video. That's facebook.com, and you can search Catholic Community Media. It's Wake Up Thursday. It's the first video you will see on our Facebook page. If you have any questions on today's show, you feel free to message us, and we'll be happily, uh, we'll happy to answer those questions and get all of that information to you. But thank you so much for joining us today. We'll catch you back here tomorrow at 7 a.m. Central Time. We're talking to Steve Shulkins about the Emmaus Retreat. I know we've talked to uh, t- t- talked to Will Newell about the Emmaus Retreat on Monday, but this retreat has transformed so many lives of men. They want to continue talking about this to gather more men to go to this wonderful retreat, so stay with us on that. Steve Ray joins us. Of course, you can always learn more information about our Catholic faith from Steve Ray, the Catholic convert and pilgrimage leader. Jeff Young, the Catholic foodie, will be with us. And Sarah Chrismeyer talks about Living the Word, Catholic Women's Bible and Podcast. So stay tuned. This could be another great Lenten book for Lent, which is coming up in a few days. So stay with us. Have a wonderful Thursday. Uh, God bless. is a production of Catholic Community Media.